Okay, who of you guys believe that we live by faith and not by sight? It's not a trick question. Quickly put up your hands again. Okay, Peter, do you believe that? Dan, you believe that? Luru, you believe that? K-Fly, are you getting hot or do you believe that? <laughs> okay, you can come and join me. The four of you guys can come and join me in front. All right, you guys will see across the hall, I've placed four hula hoops. Wait, first come here, Peter. You just want to run off already. Long Theo. Mr. Klein. I actually think this one might have been yours. <laughs> and there you go. Okay, so you guys can each head to one of the hula hoops in the four corners of the hoop. <laughs> That's a more strategically place. We can walk into the wall now. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, and then, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I had to specify. <laughs> you can't see, I'm sorry. <laughs> Living by faith, eh? Um, anyway, then you guys can take the, that buff eye thingy. You can put it over your eyes. Make sure that you can't see, seeing that you guys all said that we live by faith and not by sight. And then do you guys know Simon Says? This is almost like Simon Says, but a bit more of a Christian version. <laughs> Jesus Says. <laughs> but I'm going to say, so I don't want to say Jesus Says. <laughs> okay, Fly, would you please stand in your, in your inner circle? No, you totally missed it. There we go, there we go. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to do something and then just pretty much do that. If you walk into a very solid structure like a wall or a door or in Riku or something like that, please stop. We don't want to injure anyone. Um, so you guys can please, before you go on your journey, without using words, quickly pray for your journey. Now I don't see one of you guys praying. You need to at least look like you're praying. Thanks, Peter. Alrighty. So you guys can give two steps forward. Now you can go fly. Yeah, that's forward. One step to the left. Worship God. <laughs> you guys aren't worshiping God. Let's see how you guys worship. Peter is praying again. Leru is worshiping. Thanks, Leru. Okay, fly just went for it on the drums, but worship God, man. There we go. There we go. So you guys can give one step to the right. Yeah, well done. Mr. Fly, you can give two steps forward. Yep, you can go for it. You can go for it. Two steps left. And everyone can give one step backwards again. Are you guys still good? Can you guys see anything? I'm scared you guys don't see anything. Mr. Fly, turn a little bit to your left. Yeah, a little bit. There we go. And then give yourself a five-step run forward. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go fly. Let's go fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys can take off your face mask. Mr. Fly, you just crossed the finish line. Well done, mister. Thank you guys so much for volunteering. Thanks, you guys did amazing. I want to illustrate a quick point regarding that, eh? 
you guys know that you more or less all did the same thing? K-Fly maybe did one thing extra. Some of you guys took a step back. Some of you just used the extra year less. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that all you guys did the same thing, but the end result wasn't the same. K-Fly crossed the finish line running, and most of you guys didn't. And that's not because there's something wrong with you, but that's because as Christians, the way we start our journey and where we start our journey will determine a lot of the outcome. Oya touched on this last week as well, saying that our starting point as Christians is vitally important. Otherwise, you're going to run aimlessly. And when, when Jesus comes back to fetch me or comes back for good, I want to, I want to hear him say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And like Paul, I want to be able to say I've run my race with endurance um, and I've finished strong, not running aimlessly like most of us do. But you need, to, you need to keep into consideration that as Christians, we do live by faith and not by sight. You can take that off. Thanks, Andre. Do you guys agree that we live by faith, not by sight? Okay. In Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9, if you don't mind putting that up for us. It says, as, it says that, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So even in this situation, although K-Fly came running a bit weirdly across the finish line, but he came running across the finish line, it's not for him to boast because he didn't determine his starting point. The Lord determined his starting point. And ac according to this, how we finish our race is not a, a result of our works. And accordingly, we can't boast, which is a good thing. Because I can, Im <laughs> I can imagine... When Jesus comes back, myself saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive our demons in your name? But on that day, the Lord will say to me, hopefully not me. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> hopefully not me. I never knew you. Depart from me, you wicked and slothful servant. So the, the point I'm trying to bring across is that know that your starting point should be in Jesus. Because from there on, everything we do can either benefit us going into eternity or take away from our possibility of spending an eternity with God. And that, that's good news. I know it sounds drastic, but it's good news. John 3, verse 16, you guys know the scripture says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that is the good news for us as Christians, is the fact that we know not because of our own works, but because of what Jesus did, we can have access to eternal life. And this is a, a, a life with him. And knowing that, man, God, you, you created me, and I fell into sin. But you also created the trees. You created everything that lives and breathes. And, and then you came down to earth through your creation. You were crucified by those who you created for the sins that they committed on a tree that you made. I mean, that's love, eh? That's really love. And, and those kind of thoughts compel me to say, God, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to run my race in a way that, that honors you, that shows you to other people. But unfortunately, as you guys know, the devil is walking around like a roaring lion looking who to devour. And for us as South Africans, this is often a difficult thing, saying, God, I want, to, I want to run my race with you. Not just I want to cruise through my race and have it be comfortable all around me the whole time. And I'm not picking on, on anyone now, but I know that as South Africans, we often have a mentality of my dad was 
a Christian and my mom was a Christian and their parents were Christians. So I'm probably also a Christian and that's just the way it is. But if you look at the scripture that we just read, it says that whoever believes in God shall not perish but have eternal life. And that requires action from our side. Are you guys still with me? So good. If we read Matthew 3 verse 8 to 9, it says that bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as a father. For tell you, God is able to from these stones, uh, from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. And accordingly, I think what the writer is saying here is that do not presume that you are okay, kind of because your parents were Christian and Abraham before them were Christian. Because God is able to, if he really wants children, he can raise them up from the rock, which will be a really weird thing to see. Now I just add. And then again, in Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46, it says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then, in his joy, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search for fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold everything that he had and bought it. And I can imagine going to my wife saying, Liffy, I just sold the house. And she's saying, oh, why did you sell the house? Gracious as she is. Um, long story short, I bought a pearl. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I can imagine that being a difficult thing. Because oftentimes we see, man, they got this, this pearl of great price. Or they got this treasure in the field, which is an amazing thing. But we almost always overlook the fact that it came with a lot of sacrifice selling everything that I had. And it comes with a lot of commitment, saying, I'm going to take all this away, and I'm going to just go for that one thing. And if everything fails, well, then so be it. So it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of commitment. But like I said, the reward is great. The reward is they, they found the treasure in the field. They found the pearl of great price, meaning that they found God. They found an eternity with a living king, and there's no, no price, no monetary value that can ever, ever compare to that. I want to tell you guys a, f a few interesting stories of people that I know, and then I'll link it back to this. There's a guy in, in Joshua, his name is Ron. So he was, please don't speak up, he was dead, and he went to heaven. This is a true story, I'm really not kidding. But he went to heaven, and then um, his wife prayed for him, and then he came back to life, and God said that his work on earth is not done. And uh, him telling the story, he always says that he was so mad at his wife because he was looking in heaven. <laughs> and then he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm in this hospital bed again. I mean, <laughs> so, so that's quite cool. And then um, there's another guy. Um, he's, a, he's also in Josh Ben. He's really recognized as a prophet in Josh Ben. And he claims to see TV about people's heads of what God is telling him about that person. I can think that's very freaky. Um, but I also think it's quite a cool thing to walk past someone and like, seriously, that guy is really in love with the Lord. Or, I mean, the opposite is probably also true. So <laughs> I can think that's a, that's a scary thing. But oftentimes, oh, here's another one. Numbers 33 verse 28. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey <laughs> and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And I, <laughs> I imagine these things, like I imagine my dog running after a cat, and then I'm getting to the dog, I'm like, don't, don't, don't. And the dog turns to me, he's like, why do you hit me? <laughs> I, I, like, I can't imagine the dog's voice or the dog's tone of <laughs> voice, but 
But these are crazy things that happen with people who actually live with the Lord. Um, and I often find myself saying, God, yes, I wish this, is, this would happen. Or I remember before I gave my heart to the Lord, I remember saying, God, one day if you do this for me, then I will follow you. Or one day if you save me from this, then I will follow you. But in the kingdom of God, it's really different. Because we live by faith, not by sight. So it's not God, when I see you doing this, I will respond this way. It's God, I'm going to respond like this, trusting that you will do this. But even if you don't, I'm still following you. And oftentimes I would find myself saying, God, I wish I died and then you raised me from the dead. I had such a cool story to tell. Those of you who know my wife, she has the most amazing stories. I'm going to throw her under the bus a little bit now. We have a friend, Aaron Felisa, and Aaron's used to have very long hair. Um, they are way at the eldest camp now, and Aaron's used to have hair that like came to his back, and she went shopping once, just before leaders meeting, maybe that we're going to see them just now, but she saw their car, they're also shopping, and she thinks she's in the trolley, she sees, oh, there's Aaron, and she runs to Aaron from behind, grabs him by the ponytail, and pulls him, and then when he turned around, it wasn't Aaron. <laughs> I have the privilege of sharing that story with her because I'm living with her. And, and oftentimes, it's like that with the Lord as well. If you have the privilege of sharing stories with God because you're living with God, it's not a far-off God. It's not a God who once did this or a God who, I mean, they are really the exception, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I do believe God can come and meet you in any miraculous way at any time. But most of these stories I know is because people said, man, I'm going to live with God. I'm going to choose to walk by faith in God rather than seeing God, you did this and this and this for me. So accordingly, I'll do that. Now, you guys might be wondering, well, what does it look like to walk with God? That's a very good question. Thank you so much for asking. I'm just going to grab a sip of tea here. Walking with God, this is now, oh, this is so good. Um, the Bible says you'll never thirst again, so... Uh, it speaks of something more eternal. So I'm really thirsty now, if you could just give me a second. Walking with God is a, a, a really interesting thing. Eh? And I think there's many ways that we can, that we can say, man, I, I'm living a life with God, and I'm, I'm living a life that honors God, and I'm trying to have Him as my King, and I'm trying to have Him as my friend. Um, so I want to give you guys a few headlines of ways that I believe we can... We can strengthen our walk with God. I'm going to give some headlines, but then there's three that I really want to, want to go into. Uh, I believe that through obedience is the fastest and quickest and best, most efficient way that you're going to increase in your love for God and your commitment towards God. I believe that having a healthy church is probably the biggest decision that you'll make ever in your life because Jesus said that he's coming back for his church. And I believe that through community or through people around you, that encourages you and strengthens you in the Lord. We can really walk with God effectively. But then the following three, reading Bible, prayer, and worship, are things that I want to spend a little bit of time on to give you guys handles as to how, how do you spend time with God? Like, how do, how do I read my Bible? Where do I start? What do I do? What do I not do? How do I pray? Um, how do I worship? When do I worship? Is that cool? Will that be helpful? Just one or two quick handles. So, reading Bible, this is my personal opinion, but I believe that 
having a routine for when you spend time with God um, is really helpful. I'm not saying that having a routine for how you spend time with God, because that becomes monotonous and really honestly boring sometimes. But having a routine for when you spend time with God will help you to start your day in a way that, God, I'm honoring you with my first fruits, with my, my first part of the day. And then from there on, building your day. We did a, a math calculation once, but I can't really remember it. But if we had to give a tenth of our, our finances to God, and you kind of pull that tenth for through to a tenth of your time, then you're going to have to spend a lot more time <laughs> with God than I'm being going to. Um, I mean, like in reading Bible and praying and worshiping. I think it's something like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that a day, which is amazing to think. Um, then when, when, I, when I read Bible, I try and either focus on one book of the Bible and like really intensely focus on that and try and dissect it and see, well, what does this mean? Or maybe read other translations about that as well or try and dissect this part of Scripture. If I don't do that, then I usually try and read an Old Testament and a New Testament book together and sometimes for the fun of it, like throw one of the, the Psalms or Proverbs or something like that in there. And I've seen God move in really cool ways that like wh when I'm reading something, let's say in Deuteronomy, the same thing comes out in Luke because obviously the, the New Testament writers had the knowledge of the Old Testament. So that's always very cool to see. Um, and then I, I try and allow scripture to change my mind. I think I would, I would see myself as a very opinionated guy and, and very fixated on my opinions, which is not always a good thing. But regarding my time with God, I always try and allow God to come and change my mind. Um, there's a scripture, Andre, if you don't mind, Romans 12 verse 2. Okay, I'm going to read this to you guys here while he, oh, there we go. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I know that when I say, God, I'm going to allow you to come and change my mind about this, then I will, I will be able, as this scripture says, to know what is the will of God, to know what is good and perfect and acceptable. And then prayer. Would you guys consider yourself to be thinkers? Like you think a lot about things. Don't overthink this question. <laughs> Just put your hand up if you're over overthinking this question. So, so I also consider myself a thinker, and this is probably the most helpful tip that someone ever gave me, is to pray aloud. Even if it's just like, so they start my repeating when you wake up, or people don't think I'm totally weird when I'm walking in circle. So, so I, I really try and pray aloud because if I had a conversation with someone, I very easily remember it. I've had times with my wife where I said, Lucy, was it supported in today? And then she's like, no, no, we didn't. Um, and then I had that conversation in my mind. So those lines often get blurred. And it's the same with prayer. Like oftentimes I would try and be quiet before the Lord and kind of pr pray in my mind. But then next moment, I was praying to Peter because he's such a cool guy. And I really hope the Lord works in his heart. And I wonder if he's still living in that house in like Northern Park. Does he still shop there by his spa? As he, and then I've totally lost track of my prayer. So, so praying aloud, even if it's not like bursting it out, um, 
that really helps me a lot. You also see in John 17, you don't have to put that up, but the whole John 17 is Jesus praying for scripture where he says, Father, let them be one as you and I are one, and you and me and I and them, that whole part. But the whole John 17 is Jesus praying, and obviously the writer needed to take notes while Jesus was praying. So I think, if I had to guess, I think the writer heard Jesus praying, which is a good indication for me that praying aloud is scriptural is it biblical is that not a word sorry <laughs> um, and then worship i believe that our, our times of worship on a sunday together and on wednesdays in community is often just an overflow of what god did in our times of personal worship we see in in samuel you don't have to put that up but we see david dancing before the lord and in, in himself there's another part where it says that david danced and dignified before the lord Please don't come and do that here in church. That's going to be so weird. Um, but then also in, in Acts, 2, Acts 2, 46, if you don't mind putting that one up. It says that day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in the homes. Remember, this was around about 3,000 people who just got saved. Um, breaking bread in the homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. And we see in that scripture that together, day by day, they were worshiping God. Um, so in, in scripture, we don't see people worshiping God on your own, which I believe as Christians we have to do. Um, if you live on a farm, go somewhere where no one will hear you and no one can mock you about your voice. Take a guitar with, if you're not ashamed. That's a struggle for me. I can't play guitar and sing at the same time. So I'm like, tring, 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 love you, Lord, tring, tring. <laughs> but I'll get there, I'll get there. Um, so so for worship, try and, like, this is going to be awkward. I guarantee you spending time with the Lord for the first while is going to be awkward because you're going to sit and read your Bible and then you work through this passage and you don't know what to do next. And you're going to pray and you start off with your normal ranty. Um, but then, like, after a minute and a half, your ranty is done and you don't really know what you're supposed to do. And that's okay. Like, that really is okay. I remember um, there, were, there used to be false camps in Bloom. When I was in a kick, I want to read you guys something. They did this awkward thing where everyone would come together in the morning and then they tell you, okay, go and spend time with the Lord now. And then they give you like half an hour. It was so, so awkward for me because I, like, after five minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then I look around and everyone's still sitting. But I want to read something for you guys. You guys just need to excuse me because this is translate as I go because I wrote in Afrikaans. But then later on, I found out the Lord only speaks English. Um, yeah, th we even sing it. This Pratak Mense Engelse Tale. So I wrote here, I feel like the Lord came for me tonight. I prayed and asked Jesus to fill me with his Holy Spirit um, to, to such an extent that there's no place for anything else. Instead of filling me with his spirit, it felt like he hit me with everything that happened in my life that hurt me. He drained me of all the bad and horrible things that I've been through by bringing it to the surface and taking it away and making place for his Holy Spirit. And I said, thank you, Father. And that, that was pretty much what I wrote down in my quiet time. And I remember that until this day because it was such a special time where I felt like God encountered me. It wasn't anyone coming saying that, man, I, I believe that 
God is saying this over you, which is awesome. But I felt like God was speaking to me. And I held it so dear to my heart that I know till this day that God took away hurtful things in my life to make place for His Holy Spirit to come and work in me and through me. And so that, although it's awkward, that's usually the outflow of, of God spending time with us. It's, he changes our hearts. He changes us to, to look more like Him 